Hi, sisters. We are in Philippians chapter 4, and today we're going to be going over verse 1, looking at the positive joy and crown of your ministry and the things in which you're doing to further the gospel. I pray this teaching blesses you today. Hi, family. Welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real-life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood, and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's Word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning his word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. So we are in Philippians right now and we are actually in Philippians chapter four. Four. And so we are going to go line by line. So if you have your Bible, you can open your Bible up. If you don't, aren't able and you're just listening via, you know, podcast or even listening on YouTube while you're doing other things, that's fine too. You're still going to learn. You're going to hear the word of God. It will not return void. So praise God. And then later, if you want to go back through with your Bible, highly encourage you to do that. It's really important that you are learning the word for yourself and not just taking what I'm teaching or what any other other teacher is teaching, but going back and really researching and studying for yourself. And so that is uh, what is going to protect you in these last hours is knowing the word of God for ourselves, standing on the word of God, uh, no matter what's being taught out there or being said out there, we have to, the word of God has to be our final authority in all things. And I firmly believe that the Bible is fully sufficient for every need, every problem, every issue we have on the face of the earth. The word of God is enabled to answer those questions. And so let's start. Um, You know, last time we were together, we were talking about Philippians chapter three, we're ending it. You know, Paul was really talking to us about false teachers, how their God is their belly. They, they were, um, you know, so earthly minded. It was all about, you know, what they could get in this earth, what they could, the indulgences that they could have, the the lust of their flesh and just fulfilling all their idolatry and, and, um, uh, indulgences. Right. And we see that today. We talked about that and he, he reminded them, he said, listen, he's minding us as well today. Our citizenship is in heaven. And so we need to be heavenly minded, not keeping ourselves focused on this earth. 
He says, that's what's going to transform us. We are going to be transformed in Christ. We are being transformed now, but someday we are going to be completely transformed in the glorification. And we need to keep our eyes on that glorious day, our eyes on the fact that this is not our home here. And so then he goes in and remember the Bible is not written in chapters and verses. And so this is really important as we stay within context and in thoughts and what's being written here. Um, that we're kind of letting letting it flow through and really paying attention to what the whole thought is here. So he's talking about false teachers who do not have their mind on the things of Christ. It's all about themselves, all about making themselves more comfortable on this earth, taking from people, idolatry, you know, being so in love with themselves and, and the earthly things that their their destruction is their belly. That is their God, and that is going to be their destruction. So these pivots and tells us, you know, reminds us that we need to stay heavenly minded, stay Christ centered in our thinking. And so he goes right into, therefore, therefore, since you're going to stay Christ minded, you're going to be glorified with Christ. You know, you're going to be a part of the um, the resurrection, have a resurrected body in His glorious body, according to the working by which He is able to subdue all things to Himself. It's all about Christ. It's always all about Christ. Everything is about Christ. Holy Spirit points everything to Christ. Our worship services on Sunday should be all about Christ, all about His Word, all about who He is. We're there to worship Him. It's not about us. Okay, and so He goes on to say, therefore. So we're in chapter four, verse one now. Therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and my crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. And so he's saying, you guys are, I love you so much. He loved the Philippian church so much. We talked about this in chapter one, you know, where he established this church. He went to prison the first time he was here establishing this church um, for casting out that demon out of that girl. And he ended up having to leave, but he had established this beautiful church through these um, women that he had found praying outside of the of the city. We, I don't. I think we had talked about that. You know that if there wasn't at least ten elders or ten Jewish elders, and they couldn't have a synagogue, so they didn't have a synagogue. So they had to go outside the city and pray, and that's where he had found some of these women. He went preached the gospel to them, and they received the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then. They started spreading the good news and they started a church here in Philippi. And he just had such an affection for this church. He was so proud of this church. This church was a true church of God. You know, when he was writing to Corinth, they had all kinds of problems. They were misusing and abusing the gifts. They, had, they were allowing sexual immorality to come in. They had fractions and divides. They were carnal. They, they had a lot of carnality going on. They were suing one another and all these things. Galatia, the church that he wrote the letter to Galatian, he was so upset with them. He's like, who has bewitched you? I can't even believe that you let these false teachers come in and start swaying you to their false gospel. Um, you know, so he was just, he loved that this church Philippi, though not perfect because no church is perfect. They had stood up against the false teachers that were coming in and trying to corrupt. They they did they do love one another and they are giving and they're standing strong on the scriptures and on the teachings of the apostles in during persecution. This church was highly persecuted. It was not a wealthy church by any means. And yet they gave out of their lack. They were thinking of Paul to the point that they even put, they gave money and they sent their brother to go on a dangerous travel just to get money to Paul. You know, it's not like today where all we got to do is be like, oh, you need some money. I'll just cash out that to you. Boop, push a button and it's done. I don't, I don't even know what happened. This, it cost them. 
a lot to pull money together that they didn't have because they were a poor church. And then to send a brother traveling all the way to the prison where, where, where Paul was staying in order to get the money and get the, the supplies to him that he would have needed while in prison. And Paul was so grateful of that. That showed that their love was a love of action. And that should be us. Is your love a love of action? We can say, I love you all day long, but love is an action. Christ loved us so much that he died on the cross for us. He came and put on a human tent and drank the cup of wrath that you and I should have drank. That's love in action. So it says, therefore, my beloved and longed for a brother. He longed to be with them. He longed to see them again. He was hoping to be able to see them uh, once again before, you know, he would leave this earth. He says, you guys are my joy and my crown. And I love that because if you have been in ministry any amount of time, or you have been discipling people for any amount of time, you will understand. I understand this more now than ever to be able to look at people and think you are my joy and my crown. What he's saying here is while he's in prison, while he's going through something, he knows that his imprisonment is not, he's not labored in vain. His, the, the fact that he's getting stoned, beaten, shipwrecked, naked, fasted, the perils, the false teachers that are coming up against him, the false apostles that are always discrediting him as a true apostle, you know, seeing the churches um, not stick to the, to the apostles teachings, the things that they taught him or to question him. You know, he went through a lot. As you read through the letters of the New Testament, he really went through a lot, but he counted it all joy once or first and foremost, he counted all joy for his salvation in Christ. He understood that it was all for Jesus and it's all worth it. But number two, because he could see the fruit of his labor, seeing this church love each other, seeing this church love him, seeing this church stand united against false teachers and false teachings, seeing this church not buckle under persecution and pressure to uh, denounce Christ was his joy. And the crown he's actually talking about here, it's not a crown as in a royal crown or the crown we think of when we think the crowns that we're earning for Jesus. Although that will be his crown when he gets there, it'll be part of his crown is the fruit of his labor to lay at the Lord's feet. But the crown that he's speaking of here is back then in the, in the Olympic Olympic games or what we would call the Olympic games, they would, the winners would earn a crown. It was like a wreath of um, greenery. And I'm sure we've all seen those before that they put it on their head. What we today would give trophies or medals. That's what he's talking about here. Winning a prize, you know, accomplishing something that the, the, you're my, you're my trophy. And he's not saying this in a way of saying, look at me, look what I've done. These are my trophies. These are, these are my shiny things. And, you know, he's not out of arrogance or boasting, but just out of gratitude and out of a joy of saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm in prison. Yes, I I go, I'm going through these things, but these, this church and these people are such a blessing. They they got it. They got born again. They're going to be in eternity forever with Jesus and with me. We're all going to be together. Like me going out and preaching the gospel to those few women that were praying outside the city. And then we started this church and look at the fruit that has bore from that. And so when you're discipling people, 
and you're, or you're working in the food pantry or you're doing whatever it is that God's called you to do. I pray that you are serving the Lord. We are saved for good works. We are not saved by works, but when we are saved, you know, there are good works that should follow the believer. And so wherever your gifts are and you're using them for the body of Christ in your local church, I pray that because we do see a lot of things that can be very discouraging. Uh, we have a lot of backbiting and and, and church hurt and, and all these things that happen. But don't focus on that. Focus on the crown and the joy. Focus on that, which is developing through the works of service that you're doing. Focus on those things, the good things. Paul has been totally focused on prison, the fact that he's chained up to a to a an, uh, a jailer, right? He's chained up to one of the prison guards, just hanging out there. You know, they not, it's not luxurious. It wasn't, you know, the prisons in Rome were not like prisons today. And I'm not saying prison today is luxurious either. But you know, you didn't have you know good, good food and television and all this other stuff. You know, it was. It was dismal, and yet he could count it all joy. First for his salvation and second for the fruit that him being in prison is producing. And that's preaching the gospel anywhere to anyone and seeing the transformed lives. And so I want to encourage you, if you are in ministry or you are out there serving the Lord, and maybe you've been through a lot of church hurt and you've had a lot of disappointments and you've had a lot of people turn their back on you or um, bear false witness against you, or you've laid your life down and all, and they've just hurt you and didn't appreciate what you've done. That is part of it. They did it to Jesus, right? They didn't appreciate him. They, they crucified him on the cross, their, their own Messiah. They killed him. And so, but you do have fruit, pay attention to the fruit, look at the fruit. And, and that is your joy. And that is your crown for the Lord. And when we focus on the good things, we focus on the good parts of ministry and and the wonderful aspects of ministry, and we keep our perspective there, you will, that's what you're just, you're going to have a much better time in ministry. Trust me, when you're focused on Christ and the reason why you're doing what you're doing, and then focus on the beauty of those lives that are being transformed by you laying your life down for other people and serving them. And I pray that all of us are doing such a thing. It's so important. And the reason why he's wanting to admonish them and give them a an encouragement here is because he's going to go into, there's one thing I have against you, right? Or there's something I've got to correct in this church that's very serious. I think it's it's even, it can be even more serious than the false teachers that come in because, you know, if we're not unified, the false teachers will have their way. And so he's going to go right into the, um, the problem that he's about to address here. And so I know we only got through one verse in this particular, uh, podcast. So, but we're going to pick right up in verse two next time with, the podcast. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn 
God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace I leave with you until next time.